plug into the minds of the world's cutting-edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders, rewriting the rules of high performance at work. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast. Hey everybody, this is Jason Campbell, and we're doing a special episode here with so many things happening around the world, and it'd be ignorant of us not to consider what is happening with COVID-19 and speak about the workplace because there's a lot of shifts that are about to happen and are currently happening with the way that we approach work. There are some changes within policies within your workplace. And what we wanted to do is bring back Megan McNeely, which you just listened to our episode that was released previously. If you haven't heard that episode, please go back to the last episode to hear more about Megan. She is an amazing senior vice president at a wealth management advisory company, one of the largest financial firms in the world. And she has been known as the CEO whisperer. She has just written the book, Reinvent the Wheel. And she has been a global leader when it comes to the bridge between being a high performer and successful entrepreneur or business person or executive or employee and mixing that with your well-being being so important. And we thought she'd be the perfect person to start the conversation about what should you be doing around your well-being? What should you be doing around your productivity in the midst of this pandemic that was just announced by the World Health Organization? So we're going to dive right into it and just welcome Megan. And thank you so much for taking some time to discuss this timely issue. Thank you so much, Jason. And thanks for your leadership and calling this conversation into being. I think it's going to be super helpful for your listeners. Yes. And I have to admit myself, I look at my habits. I've actually been someone that pretty much every day I go to the World Health Organization website. I look at a situation report. I look at the data. I'm trying to stay calm within it. I realize what the comparisons are to the flu. I'm seeing different conversations happening on social media. And it seems like this wealth of information is out there. There's no shortage of it, but it's kind of trying to sift what is the decisions I should be making. So I'd be curious to know, because you're in America, you're in a corporate setting. I'd be curious to know, like, what is happening in America? Because I'm here in Bali working for Mindvalley remotely. I want to know what's happening in corporate America. And what have you been seeing? Yes. So I spent the day speaking to a number of CEOs, many of whom are featured in my book. I profiled 18 founders and CEOs in my book. It's called Reinvent the Wheel, as many of your listeners know. And I really had such an amazing time profiling some of the people I admire, you know, who really are leveraging well-being for success. And I'm obsessed with the founders and the CEOs and the leaders, even though I'm not a CEO, I'm a senior VP. I like to look at what are the best minds on the planet doing right now. I spoke with everyone today and number one, which is kind of interesting because you just mentioned it, everybody is doing one thing first. And that is what I was speaking about at the beginning of this year on all my social media channels, which is that the goal is to protect the asset protect the asset. And by that, I mean, protect your well-being. So they're thinking in terms of just like you were saying, let's gather some knowledge. Let's listen to the best minds out there. And should we be maniacally washing our hands? Yes, we should, obviously. But also some of the best ways to protect our asset are also that body, mind, and spirit approach. Every one of them I spoke to today is exercising outdoors. Even Angela Mack, who has a huge farm in Michigan, was taking a walk this afternoon. One of my other food CEOs was skiing this morning. Scott Kucherak, who's the CEO of Ocho Candy, who's in my book in the last 18th chapter, 
He's been jogging today. Many of them are protecting the asset, trying to get their health levels at optimum speed, whether it's John Warden, who's the litigator who's in my book. He is a vegan. He was like, I'm just really doing all my vitamins and protect the asset. This is a time for a leader to rise. All these great catastrophes, you know, we see leadership jump. What do you think, Jason? Are you protecting? You're protecting the asset as well, right? Well, it's interesting you mentioned that because yes, I think like health being the first wealth. I know I was having a conversation with my girlfriend and for us, like we are very active. We like going to the gym, but one of the latest memberships that I got was at a CrossFit gym. And for those who are familiar with CrossFit, you're basically in a class with a lot of people grabbing weights and bars and powders, doing team exercises. And we're like, hold on, this could be one of the biggest places you could be trading germs and sweaty bodily fluids. We're like, should we stop exercising? Of course, we know that's not the answer. So what I'm doing actually is I'm working with my partner because she actually has chronic bronchitis. So she's very concerned about this. I'd be too. Yeah. I basically said, listen, we need to calm down. I'm like, look at how healthy you are. Like she hasn't had any attacks since we've started exercising, eating right. And now what we're doing is how do we design a workout program that we can do from home? And I want to do a Tabata set, which is just, you know, 20 seconds on, you do like push-ups, then 10 seconds break, then 20 seconds on, you do squats. And you do that for about four minutes. So these are very simple exercises that you can protect the asset, but I can look at how I can do it from home. So this is a bit of a little shift that I'm doing as a preventative measure, as we're looking at advisory around the world that's saying, like, try to keep a bit more social distancing. And I don't want to step into a full catastrophic paranoid mode, but I'm like, this is a small little shift that I can do given that, especially my partner being in a higher risk group, because in my case, I know I'm super healthy and I'm almost feeling like, oh, you know, I don't have anything to worry about. I'm 31 years old. I feel like I'm indestructible, which is sometimes something that could bite <laughs> you. But I also recognize, especially with having a partner that has pre-existing pulmonary condition, I need to take a bit more cautionary steps. So this has been what I've been doing to shift is just continue to eat really well and do some of the exercise that I know I can do from home. I agree. And I think that's exactly smart. One of the suggestions John Warden had, who's the pro athlete, was you can just Google hotel room workouts. And usually those Google suggestions are on YouTube. And they're usually 15 to 20 minutes, just like you were saying, push-ups, that sort of thing. I think protect the asset is not the normal response. The normal response is certainly to, you know, what can I do to go hoard sanitizer? I do think those things make people feel safe. I would say that's making my spirit feel safer when I have, you know, medicine in the house, when I have enough food stocked and, you know, maybe some ibuprofen just in case. That makes me feel safer as a person that I've done everything I can to prepare myself, but that also instills fear. So I love that. Protect the asset. Think about that first, because what many of us, we have responsibilities and we want to rise. We want to rise in this time. We want to be the best we can be just in general, but we realize that the key to our serving is being healthy. The key to you being a great partner is that you, Jason, are well today. The key to you doing this podcast is that you can actually be on today serving the people who are listening to this. And you can't be doing that if you've got the flu and you're pulled up in a hospital in the waiting room. So I love that. Protect the asset. The next thing that I'm seeing a lot of CEOs do is that they're turning fear around. So let's give you an example. 
let's say you were somebody who felt like their business might be terrible this month because of this situation. I was just thinking about my chiropractor who I was speaking to. There may not be as many people coming in or a dentist or that sort of thing or any kind of service thing. What I have heard a lot of the CEOs mention today is they're flipping that around. What if we said to ourselves, if that is your fear, what if this is the worst month I have in my business? You know, what if this is very difficult for me? What they're doing is this kind of a thinker, this kind of a leader, this kind of person I'm obsessed with, this kind of person like you, Jason, is they flip it and they go, what if it was my best month ever? What if this situation where me working at home is actually the best thing that ever happened to me? What if I come up with an idea of how to serve? And that's what these people are doing. They're thinking, how can I serve? What if you moving to Bali is the best thing that ever happened to you and your girlfriend? What if that environment is so imminently healthy to your body, mind, and spirit that you're impenetrable to a virus or something like that happening? What if my chiropractor or somebody like that was able to convince his clients that literally stopping in for five minutes in a highly sanitized environment where all the people can wait outside instead of coming into a waiting room, they get served in five minutes and they're out the door. What if that really increased his volume because all the people who used to go to the 80-minute massages like me are really not doing that right now? A lot of these executives are thinking, how can we serve in a way that's unique, different, and work from that place of optimism? I love that. And this is actually something that I've noticed for some of the colleagues I spoke to is that, all right, let's say that the impact to the business means there's a little less customer. It's actually a lot of people have been in this space where you're just like you're keeping up with the demand and you're trying to serve the customers. And it's hard to carve out the time to kind of work on sharpening the axe. And I see this as a golden opportunity to be like, hey, this is maybe the time where, for example, the remote work, there's so many people that are being forced to work from home. I was just talking to my good friend. He's like, yeah, I'm working from home. And I'm like, so how is that for you? He's like, well, there's a couple of the challenges I'm seeing coming up. And I'm like, can you isolate those? And then as he's isolating those, he's trying to see the workarounds. And by the end of this hysteria that's happening, he will have designed everything that is required so that the company now can support remote work. And then he's living in the Bay Area. And I was comparing the rent that I pay for a villa in Bali. And then he was telling me about his one bedroom apartment out in the Bay Area. And I'm like, once you actually set up all of your work to be remote, what will be the reasons for you to go back into the office? And I want to do a call out for a past episode that we've had on the podcast with Liam Martin, which we talk about how to design remote work. This issue that's happening with COVID right now is going to dramatically shift the need for remote work. And so as you have to hunker down, as you have to reevaluate this, not as a fear space, but really from an opportunity base, is how do you actually look and proactively design your entire work to be more remote friendly could be something that could help you work from home a lot more. But also, I find that it's a time that you can sharpen the axe because if you want to work remotely, you probably need more documentation. You probably need more processes. You need more automation. And this could be the time that you actually can step away from all the meetings that you go to that might not be the most efficient and use that time to actually be like, hey, what is the outputs that I do? What is the work that I get done? And start documenting it and then seeing what you can automate, what you can systemize, what you can design for being remote friendly. And you'll find yourself being more efficient than ever once everything passes by and you get back to what is quote unquote, the real workflow. Have you noticed some people doing that? Absolutely. So I work at a company where there's 100,000 employees and they are very adept 
They have planned for these kinds of disasters. They have everybody accessing things remotely. And I'm super impressed with that. I'm super impressed with, just like you said, people thinking about a turnaround. It's what if this was a great thing that happened to you in the end? What if you were the kind of leader that rose during this moment? What if you were thinking from a service perspective? I mean, this podcast alone should help so many people just because it's a podcast. It is not something where we had a live event where people had to show up for this. It was actually delivered to them in their home or on their headset. And that's true service and true reach. You know, I care only about impact. So those of us who care about that, the world's your oyster. It's so interesting. Yesterday, we actually had Vision step up as a leader of the company because, you know, there's still some fears. We're wondering, like, what's going on? And what I really loved about what Vision did is he took the time to explain to everybody his data-based approach on what changes we're going to do in the office. So My Valley's headquarters is in Malaysia. And the first thing that he addressed is he said, the way that I'm going to take decisions on how to approach if people should come in the office or not is the same way that I would approach it if I'm me sending my children to school. Because this is the really cool parameter of understanding how much love and care that I have for my employees. I would associate the same thing that as I have for my children. Oh, I love that. He's got a big heart. Yeah. yeah. Yes, he does. And he was looking at the data and he said, like, in Malaysia, given the current rates, he's following the country's recommendations. And he's like, what are the percentages and chances that someone in the office might have it that could spread to the rest of the people? And he's like, if it would be a three to five percent chance, not that three to five percent of the people are infected, but there's a three to five percent chance that someone might have it. When he sees that the infection rate based in Kuala Lumpur ends up being there, he's like, then I'll actually encourage everybody to work from home. But as it stands right now, it was less than 1%. So he's like, we'll still keep the office open. But he actually gave the choice for people to work remotely. And we had a similar initiative. And we had the foresight for this. Maybe three years ago, we ended up designing every single meeting to be remote friendly. We were super prepared for this. So I was really excited. But I love how Vision First calmed us by saying like, hey, look at the statistics. And this is what I would encourage you to do is just look at the statistics. And even as my girlfriend, like her mind, she was really going crazy about what's going on in Bali. I'm like, well, let's put this into perspective. There's 27 cases in Indonesia. There's 270 million people. So I said, your chances of encountering a person that has it is one in 10 million. And so you're doing pretty good. But you know, with all the media and all the noise that's happening there, it does seem to amp it up. So we looked at this. And then we said, when it tips the scales where we're like, hey, now it's actually getting to a higher percentage, maybe we'll start instilling these work from home policies. So I was going to kind of pivot this towards asking, now that I may be working from home, maybe the business has slowed down. What are some of the activities that I could do? So I'm taking care of the asset. I'm obviously looking at optimizing my work, maybe designing it to be more remote friendly first. What are other things that you're seeing people can do in this time with the COVID being out there? I think other than protecting the asset and looking for opportunities with the focus on serving, I think that we can continue to do the different aspects of things that promote our well-being. And this wouldn't be from the necessary aspect of protect the asset, but it would be to do something unexpected. And I like how my CEOs, especially ones I really admire, are always thinking from an unexpected perspective. Vision is like this too. I, I would actually be curious to see what Vision thinks of this idea. I think we should do something fun. 
I think things are very heavy right now. You know, I have a sign right behind me that says my goals for the year are joy, ease, and fun. It feels like joy, ease, and fun are far away right now. And I just want to be sensitive to the mood and be honoring of the mood. I'm not saying things aren't serious, but it reminds me of somebody I know because I'm a cancer survivor. And, you know, when you have cancer, it's very hard to not think about the fact that you have cancer. And this situation we're having, it's very hard to not think of it. But I would recommend people think of something that brings them joy. You know, whether it's holding hands with someone on a beach or watching the funniest movie you can remember. Right after this conversation, I'm going to take my girls for a walk with our dog. We absolutely all love our dog. That's one thing we all agree on 100%. This is the cutest dog like on the planet. You guys can look at my Instagram. Instagram. But what do you think? I mean, that's an unexpected answer. No, I actually love it. And I'm going to make a guilty confession here is <laughs> I've started doing something that's really out of the normal for my type of personality. I'm someone that's all about discipline, scheduling. Right now, I'm like, I'm recording the podcast. I'm doing my mind. Yeah, you work hard. It's early there. (laughs) I mean, I started at, you know, 530 in the morning. I was preparing for my first podcast interview already. So I'm always usually like, go, go, go. And I did something interesting this week is I ended up finding one of my childhood friends just had gotten this giant tattoo on his arm, which was about a character from a video game I used to play in 1998. And for those who might want to be curious about it, it was called Starcraft. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. So I messaged him. Then I'm like, I haven't played a video game in years. And so I decided to download the latest version and just set a bit of time to just be like, you know what? I love story development and video games. I love working my strategy mind. And this is a real-time strategy game. So I had never played the game that it came out 10 years ago because I was like, video games, it's a waste of time. I need to be productive. And I said, you know what? I'm going to give permission to have something that I can do that's fun. I can even do it from home. And I've played a bit of video games. So I do agree with this fun thing because, (laughs) you know, all the time I'm always go, go, go. So I do think... One, doing something fun, giving yourself permission to just like, I can do something that's fun for me right now. And then the other thing that's on the flip side of that, fact is so many more people have time on their hands because events are being canceled. This is going to be one of the most fruitful times to reach out to thought leaders, experts, people that are leaders within your industry. And if you use LinkedIn where you connect with them, you add a note and just be like, hey, I really admire your work. I'm inspired by what you do. I would all tell you to go find Megan McNeely on LinkedIn. This would be a very interesting, and of course, myself as well. But when you go and connect with people, you add a note just saying, hey, I heard you on the Superhumans at Work podcast. I love the insights that you bring. This is going to be the time that you'll get the most responses from people because they have more time on their hand. So I think having fun, give yourself a break so that you can step back into some positive, not just fear-based, but you can step back into your joy, which is a higher vibration. And I'd say, go out and see if there's opportunities for you to refine your skills, connect with the right people, maybe start a side gig. It would be my biggest recommendation. You know, I love that you said that last thing about the side gig, because I think a lot of listeners won't have the same commute they used to have. I know that my ex-husband, who's a senior director at Google, has now been ordered, like all Google employees in North America, to work from home. And he wrote me the other night, it's going to save him three and a half hours a day. So can you imagine the time given to certain people? And if you thought that there was some way you could serve, side gigs are always the best when it's coming from a special talent. You know, it's a great time to think of what you have to offer that would be useful and helpful to people. This would be a great time to think through that. You may have more time alone. And I love that you mentioned reaching out to people as well, because I was surprised of the five CEOs I called today, the first five, they all picked up their phone. 
I think people are increasingly isolated and they're more interested in just chatting. You know how when things are happening, we kind of want to connect to each other. We kind of want to know what each other thinks. That's why I was so happy to have this conversation. This is Ah. like, I'm like so excited and it's not just because I'm caffeinated, but I love that we're talking about this. People are at home all alone. And so if you reach out there, it is more likely right now, there is no water cooler to talk to people at. So you are their virtual water cooler buddy in that moment. And I think that's why people picked up today. Also, because I love this topic and they knew I was calling probably. But Yeah. <laughs> well, what I would say is just that we've never faced anything like this. It can have a lot of information from both sides. People saying, you know, lock yourself up. Don't speak to anybody. To people saying, just go out there and change nothing. I think we have to do something that's obviously in the middle of that spectrum, which is practicing caution without craziness. And the idea of we have technology today that makes it so that we are so blessed We can connect with communities digitally. We can find ways to actually grow our social network. And for everybody here, I just want to take a moment to just say, if you're here and you're listening to this podcast, I just want to give my heartfelt thank you for tuning in, listening in. If you are taking the time to listen to this, it's obviously because you're looking to get more information. You are concerned, but you're also looking for opportunities. And, you know, the biggest things we covered here is, number one, protect the asset, continue to do the things that get your body in the best shape possible, which is, you know, eat right, exercise, get enough sleep. This is really going to be the thing that keeps your last body defense is like everything else is great. But the moment you have it, you want to make sure that you are in the healthiest condition possible. And I think that's really important. We talked also about how this is an opportunity for you to experience remote work if your company is forcing it, which means now you might find yourself saving on the time for commute, becoming more efficient, documenting your processes. This is really a time that you can become really efficient. If you've listened to the episode that we did with Sam Carpenter talking about process optimization and working the system, that's a really good reference to go there. And then we finally went into what are the things we can do? You know, have some fun. You don't need to be in this constant perpetual panic mode. Look at something fun that you can do, you know, and don't just isolate yourself. Look at those things that you can do. Maybe it's watching a movie. For me, I play video games. I played a bit. I'm <laughs> like doing it shamelessly and guilt-free because it's something that brings me joy. And when I operate from a place of joy, I'm more productive. And this is a beautiful thing. And then finally, we talked about how you can refine your skills, your expertise, maybe picking up a side gig. Megan, thank you so much for coming here and just having this discussion with me. Thank you, Jason. So appreciate it. And so this will be it. So if you have more questions, let's continue the conversation on YouTube. This was a great bonus episode that we just wanted to open up the dialogue. So keep informed, keep connected, do some of these prescriptions, and everything's going to be okay. This has been Jason Campbell, host of Superhumans at Work. Once again, thank you so much for listening. And Megan, thank you so much for opening the dialogue with us. Thank you. My name is Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.